What's going on, D3 Nation? Thanks for tuning in today. Greco-Roman world team member Joe Roud joined the show and shared his incredible story. He is a true grinder and has put a lot of time and effort into becoming the best wrestler he can be, not just in Greco-Roman, but in all three styles. Joe Roud competed at Elmhurst College, where he was a three-time All-American, 2013 national champion at 184, and finished with a career record of 119 and 25. Joe Rao recently qualified 87 kilograms for Team USA at the Pan Am qualifier back in March and is currently in the driver's seat to make the Olympic team in 2021. Please give it up for Joe Rao. Uh, Joe, thanks for joining the show today, and um, you've been pretty busy during quarantine, so let's just, let's just start with your most recent events. Also, you got to compete at the Rumble on the Rooftop uh, wrestling event in your, in your hometown, Chicago. So just talk about that experience and getting back on the mat. Yeah, man, it was uh, super uh, special for me, obviously because it was in, home, in my hometown in Chicago, and I've always wanted to wrestle there uh, in, a, in an event or in some sort of tournament on the senior level. And uh, that kind of opportunity presented itself out of nowhere. And of course, like my coach knew he didn't even have to ask. He had to just work on getting me a good opponent. And uh, yeah, man, it was super special because uh, like, I had a lot of special people there, you know, that have been in my wrestling, you know, in my journey for so long. I've had my high school coaches there and I had the guy who taught me Greco there and I uh, had, you know, a bunch of people from, you know, that I wrestled with, the guys that I even coach, you know, that are, that are wrestling now in college or after college. And yeah, it was just, it was just super cool, you know, see the skyline and a place that I, you know, spent so much time in and actually, you know, being a big match and win and, not to mention with COVID going on and not knowing when I'm going to compete again uh, and like a lot of uncertainty, uh, it was just, it was really nice, you know, kind of felt at home, not just like literally uh, <laughs> with the, the location, but also just, you know, at home on the mat is uh, kind of doesn't feel comfortable right now, not being able to uh, live our normal lives, you know? So it was a, a little, uh, a little bit of like comfortability there that I, I got to compete again, you know, I was like, I was home. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you could definitely tell, I mean, you and you and your opponent, Pat Downey, you know, obviously the training hasn't been the same and definitely a little tired. Now going into the match, uh, did, uh, the, did the social media have to do with you doing one freestyle, one Greco, or was that like the talk, like in the beginning when the matchup was made? So when the match was made, I just told him I'll wrestle freestyle because I didn't want to give him any reason to be like, uh, you know, to turn down the match. And mm -hmm. I was just like, I'll just wrestle freestyle because I like wrestling freestyle. And, you know, being when I was at the Chicago RTC at Northwestern and when I was at, and even when I was in Minnesota and, and my situation now at Illinois, I, I wrestle a lot of folk style and freestyle and uh, just because I love to, you know, and, uh, uh, I'll show up to freestyle tournaments when I can. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I can go with these guys in freestyle. I, even um, And wanted that match because I wrestled Pat Downey a couple of years ago, and I beat him in freestyle um, trials. I beat him the first match, and then he ended up coming back for third. I lost in the semis, and he beat me for third. So it's kind of like we were one in one. So I was like, let's go on freestyle. And then uh, it was just over Twitter that he was like, why don't we go one period Greco, one period freestyle to make it fair. And I was like, okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it was smart on his part. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, it was definitely interesting. And obviously, um, I mean, he won the flip too. So he got to choose yeah. what style to go. So you know, it definitely went to your wheelhouse in the beginning and, and you, and you paid, um, it was just fine. Kind of funny seeing the interaction after the match. Cause I don't know if you really understood the Greco rules. Cause, uh, you know, 
the force parter. I mean, that's part of the rules, the Greco rules, you know? So. Yeah. And I think a little bit of that is him saving his own ego. Um, I think he, he watches a lot of Greco. I think he knows the deal. Like he's got a lot of friends in Greco. Um, I think it was a little bit of a way for him to save his ego and kind of act like he didn't know what was going on. Um, I think he just kind of had a lot of confidence in his ability to wrestle me and Greco. And, uh, and uh, I just I knew it was going to go that way if we had a Greco period. And if we got to go Greco first, we're dry. So I'm just going to turn them left and right, you know. It's kind of right. – and, uh, and uh, it's funny because he told my friends, like, if, I, if I'm trying to throw him from, like, the parterre position, he's going to grab my leg. So I actually – I knew that he, he didn't – he like, <laughs> we have a mutual friend. And so I knew he was going to grab my leg. So I'm like, okay, well, that's going to be two. And then I'm going to also get to throw. And so then uh, it, it worked out that way. It was, I kind of expected it. I didn't expect him to stand up and he actually almost got out there, but I kind of just improvised with that throw, but then I got plus two and I don't think he was ready for it to go plus two, me get a throw and then him have to go down again. But those are the rules, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it was a yeah, bold then, move and it yeah. would, I think if it would have paid off, it would have been a good game plan. Like if he would have got out of, bottom um and you know he wouldn't have got turned by me i think it actually would have been a good game plan but it was a big risk uh so <laughs> i mean yeah standing up and from parterre with a very experienced guy it's definitely a risk you know so um but at the end of the day i mean it was great exposure for both styles and it was a great event so um definitely fun to watch and uh and then now, now going off that, you kind of talked about your, your regional training centers and where you've been training. You started with Minnesota Storm, most recently at the Chicago Regional Training Center, and now made the switch to go to Illinois Regional Training Center. So um, what was the biggest uh, move in that regard? Like what was the reasoning behind that and, you know, moving into this uh, new Olympic year? Well, actually, you know, COVID is just – it's funny. I did all these interviews – um, and stuff like that because I wrestled in Pan Ams right before COVID really hit and uh, you know it was like the Olympic qualifying event and I wrestled really well and it was really like a lot of it got a lot of press because you know we didn't know whether or not we were going to be able to wrestle like literally the night before we wrestled this is like you know one of the biggest tournaments of our lives um, as wrestlers you know we're trying to qualify our country for the Olympics and the night before, you know, USA Wrestling kind of gathers up and like, you know, we're we're in and out of meetings all day. Just act like and prepare for the tournament, you know, whether the tournament happens or not. And it's weird because like the whole world um, turned off and you're hearing all, all these other things are getting canceled, all these other seasons and stuff like that. And our, and our tournament still happened. Um, so I think that the press was really kind of interested in that and it's funny I did all these interviews and I'm like oh I'm doing fine like yeah I'm not I don't think I'm gonna be affected and and then after I did all those interviews you know I I was affected immensely um in a lot of ways and one of them was you know I got let go from my RTC and um you know COVID has affected a lot of people's money and a lot of the money I receive as a senior level wrestler comes from pure benevolence you know um guys who are wealthy who care about wrestling you know, donate to my cause. And, you know, all of that, you know, the same guys, you know, businesses have been affected by COVID. So they had to make cuts. And unfortunately that meant that me and Robbie Smith were let go. So in the mm -hmm. middle of COVID, I kind of had a like, well, I'm just going to figure out where I'm going to go. But I'm glad that I'm glad that it, um, it happened now because I think in the long run it'll be good, but um, yeah, it made things difficult and, uh, but it also made things exciting, you know, um, you know, being a D3 guy and, you know, this is a D3 podcast. I, ne I never got that like um, kind of big time, like blue chip treatment as a high schooler, you know, these kids, and I'm glad I didn't as an 18-year-old, as a 16 or 17-year-old, you know, when guys start getting recruited in high school that are really good, they have, like, some of the best guys, they have their pick, and they got all these big schools, like, you know, you know, 
trying to convince them to come to their program. I never had that experience. My experience was literally, I got a letter at my high school at, you know, from Elmhurst college and all the seniors did, <laughs> you know, it wasn't like I was even that special. And I went to Elmhurst, you know, I knew Steve Marinetti, our coach, and we kind of walked across campus in five minutes cause it's small and we ate a sandwich and I just shook hands. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to come here. You know, that was my experience. And I, I loved my experience. It was awesome. But at the same time, I never had the experience of being heavily recruited and have options and them be. So in some ways it was exciting because I was looking at a lot of different RTCs and having like been so involved in like um, helping the Northwestern upper weights, you know, and then I've been so involved like wrestling freestyle on my own, you know, on my own every now and then I think, uh, I've made myself a lot more valuable to RTCs. So um, I got to actually, you know, shop around and I got that experience now at 29. And, uh, and it was hard. It was hard making a decision. And uh, I can't imagine teenage kids that have to do this and their parents are involved in all that stuff. Like it's hard for me to pick a place, but Illinois um, was just kind of a no brainer because uh, I wrestled um for Brian Medlin, the coach there when I was, you know, on team Illinois and I have a bunch of my buddies on the team. Um, you know, some guys on it I've been, I've known for a really long time. One of them, you know, grew up in my neighborhood in Chicago, you know, and so then it's just a very unique situation for me on the senior level, you know, in other countries you get the opportunity to be coached by the guy from when you're starting in wrestling all the way through your senior level. And he's kind of your personal coach when the U S you don't really, get those opportunities so um it's kind of cool for me to kind of reconnect with them and uh yeah so it, i think it's gonna pay dividends when the olympics do come around and then you know i got a college athlete there zach brongel who's you know very serious about dressing greco so and um just the way things run out there it, it's gonna be better for my olympic career um so that's so that that's all exciting and it's a no-brainer, but it, it was, um, you know, in the middle of COVID, it was a little scary and, you know, I stopped getting paid and like a lot of obstacles, but at the same time, it was funny because uh, I I had options and uh, it was exciting, you know, it was, uh, it was kind of an exciting thing too, but uh, I'm happy with the choice I made and uh, yeah, I think it's, it's already been a really nice change. That's great. So uh, kind of moving from that, uh, I'll let G get into where, you know, the start of your career and, and kind of go from there. Yeah, man. I mean, that's great insight and everything. Like, you know, outside looking in, you would really never know any, any of that stuff. So, I mean, you know, going from your com first competition back and, you know, your transition to where you're at now is, is uh, pretty awesome. So thank you for that. And um, just, you know, kind of moving back now to when you started your career, like how, how old were you when you got into wrestling? And then like when you started in youth, did you do uh, freestyle and Greco early on? So it's funny. I, I have a really weird story of getting into wrestling kind of, but it, um, I got in early. Thank, you know, thank God I was like six years old. Um, okay. But it wasn't because I was from like a wrestling family. It was, uh, I had a neighbor that lived across the alley from me from Poland and, uh, you know, I was that kid was kind of the run to the neighborhood, you know, like everybody would come play in my, we had a big front yard for Chicago block. Like we, our front yard was big. So, and we had no fence when I was younger. So people treated it like the park. <laughs> and, uh, I yeah. That's awesome. Going on all the time. But I was a younger kid, one of the young kids on the block. So people would play games in my front yard and tell me I wasn't allowed to play. And so then I was getting in fights all the time. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my brother was, you know, three and a half years older than me. And I was always trying to like hang out with him and his friends. And of course they were like, you know, mom's like, all right, you can go, but you got to bring your brother. And it's like, oh, mom, you know, and then of course him and his friends would pick on me. So I get in fights all the time. And then uh, <laughs> they'd get in fights with kids older than them. So not only am I fighting kids that are, you know, my brother's friends that are three or four years older than me. Now we're fighting kids that are way older than that. And, it was almost always over baseball games and basketball games or whatever we were doing, you know? Um, and usually it's because I was getting teased. I talked funny. I was little, you know, uh, and uh, I was easily, you know, roused. And I think 
people always wanted to test me, you know? And uh, so I was just aggressive by nature. And uh, my neighbor from Poland, uh, the kid was my brother's age and he was like a brother, you know? And his dad was, uh, was just telling my parents, like, you should get him into wrestling. You know, like this kid is obviously um, a contact sport kid. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> And where I wanted to play football, like when my brother played football, you had to be a certain age to play tackle. So I was waiting till I think third grade or fourth grade. Like I was just like chomping at the bit to play football. And, uh, but I could start wrestling then at six. And of course, Stone Cold Steve Austin was pretty popular back then. So I was like, yeah, man, let, let's do this. But uh, so this guy gets me, <laughs> my, my parents finally like, are like, okay. We'll let, we'll let them wrestle. And they bring me to like a Chicago park, like, like beginners wrestling day. It's like just a one day thing. And they're not even like proper wrestling mats. And, uh, you know, I'm really young and, uh, I just chase like all the kids, like all the kids are so scared of me. I'm just chasing them around. Like they, I can't even wrestle because everybody's so scared of me. Cause like, I think I'm just like, had this like innate, uh, aggression. <laughs> my, my family's like, filled with soldiers you know like everybody served in the war so i think i was just like and we we love football and stuff like that so i think i just like was naturally like that and then when you get teased it's even easier to be like that so then like at the end of that day chicago like uh park district the guy who was running was just like yeah you got to get this guy on a real team and so then my parents came back to my neighbor pete and i was like okay well his son was already wrestling. He was like, all right, well, like, yeah, tell us where to go. You can bring them, whatever. So I started going everywhere with him. And uh, and it was awesome. Like, uh, I, I, like, of course, got in a couple of fights in the wrestling room when I first got in there. I gave a couple <laughs> kids some bloody noses. And then I kind of found out what wrestling really was. And um, I fell in love with what it really was, you know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and then you know, the fights were less happening less and less because uh, – you know, you kind of, the, the tougher you become, the less you have to prove it, you know, like, uh, and so then, uh, yeah, it's a really crazy story because, you know, that guy took me to a lot of things and, uh, he was super great to me and he, you know, he showed me wrestling and he'd have a lot of nights he'd come over and talk to me about wrestling or talk about the tournament. And I did pretty well, like young, like I wrestled older kids. Um, I was a bigger kid in some years. And then, uh, you know, when I was around 11 or 12 years old, he ended up getting arrested. And uh, it kind of really blindsided me because he was such a nice guy. And like to our family, too, he's such a nice guy. And I still don't judge him, but he was like, a, you know, Polish mob affiliated. And we didn't know that. And um, yeah, he got he went to prison for years and then he got deported uh, back to Poland. But oh, I, stuck with wrestling. I stuck with wrestling. And then when I made my first um world team you know at 23 years old like I hadn't seen him since I was like 11 I feel like you know I owe my life to him because he showed me wrestling you know and a lot of my friends in my neighborhood got into bad stuff and I didn't like I always had wrestling and uh it's really been the guiding light in my whole life so after I made my first world team and competed in the world championships I went out to see him in uh Zakopane, Poland and uh, awesome. I did some clinics clinics for his like MMA guys out there and uh yeah it all kind of came full circle and it was it was pretty special to be able yeah, to thank for him and for him to see how far I came and it really was that it was just um chance you know wrestling found me it's uh, pretty special yeah that's that's really cool that's awesome that you got to go over there uh to see him again uh, so is he is he fighting himself in MMA as well or is he just coaching no, he's an older guy, and he's kind of okay. just more – he's just kind of, you know, you kind of always stay around combat sports. Yeah. I, I think he just works out, and, cool. and, you know, he's just around them. And, yeah, and, you know, for him, like, I think it's really hard to be a young immigrant in our country, you know. And, like, you know, he's this huge muscle-bound dude that knows combat sports and everything. And, like, of course – you know, he can barely speak English. Like, what kind of job is he going to get, you know? So I don't really judge him for any of that. And uh, yeah. I actually just feel I'm just grateful that he showed me the sport of wrestling. I think that makes me more grateful for my opportunities now because I think, I mean, my way of life now, he would have 
loved that. And he never would have got into anything bad if someone would have paid him to wrestle. But, you know, right. he was, his muscle and abilities were used for uh, uh, other things, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that, I mean, that's, that's an incredible story, and that's awesome. So, like, when you started in youth, obviously, you know, primarily it's folk style in America. Um, did you start young in freestyle and Greco-Roman, too, or is that a later transition? No, um, it's funny. Actually, Pete, I remember, like, him taking me to a random freestyle tournament. Like, it's like a faint memory, and I was really young, and I remember just kind of being like, what the hell is this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember it was just so mysterious to me, like, uh, and he didn't really, you know, he just kind of uh, just wrestled, you know, and, and there's like, uh, which is good, you know, because it is kind of like, it's just really uncomfortable when you first try it. And it's weird because I didn't come back to it until I was, uh, you know, after a sophomore in high school is when I started wrestling freestyle and Greco. Okay. And, um, and uh, yeah, but I have this faint memory of him taking me to some tournament and just like getting beat by everybody and not knowing what the hell's going on and just feeling like, this sucks. What was this? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just being like, hey man, it's wrestling. And I'm just like, uh, I don't know if I like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but you're so funny. young, you know, and it, yeah. you just don't want to lose. <laughs> yeah, no, that's for sure. That, that's that's funny, yeah. Well, yeah, because you mentioned uh, he was, like, uh, from Poland and stuff, and obviously everything over there, you know, across seas is Greco and freestyle, so I didn't know if that was – if you started young still or he was just, like, you should get into it at a young age, so that's cool. Um, yeah, he taught he taught me like throws from a from a, like an early age and like a lot of upper body attacks, which I think like as a kid, um, you know, the, obviously like kids will headlock a lot, but he kind of taught me how to rethrow people and like you know right. if someone does headlock and like stuff like that, which like I think paid dividends later on in my career, you know. But at the time, he had like a lot of more international stuff um mm -hmm. you know which was which was kind of i didn't even know that you know at the time probably yeah for sure i mean and then like you said too you know get into your later years like towards high school you know you didn't have the most glamorous career like you weren't you know a blue chipper or you know you say five-star recruit or anything like that i think you made states one time and you know it was elmhurst the place you only visited like you you liked there pretty much right away or were you getting recruited by other places as well yeah it was it was pretty much the only place i was recruited to and it was pretty much it was the only place i visited okay <laughs> you know i i um i went to a lot of like college wrestling camps you know like bigger camps you mm -hmm. know as a kid and as a high schooler and um you know, obviously I, I told people I was interested and, you know, I even like wrote some big schools, like letters and stuff. Yeah. Um, kind of, kind of just being the, like, I want to come here thing. And like, looking back at it now, like, I don't know why they, I don't, I, I mean, it's just how D1 works. Like, you know, it's not a, it's not a charity, but I think yeah. that there's a lot of guys on teams being around a lot of D1 teams now that like, um, there are guys that aren't, you know, one of the best guys, but he's like mm -hmm. valuable to the team. But um, yeah, you sure. know, I I ended up winning Fargo this, you know, the summer after my senior year of high school. So all of a sudden, like all these places I was saying I was trying to walk on at and writing yeah. letters to, now a couple of them hit me up, and now right. people are talking to me. But like scholarships are all spoken for, and obviously they're like, oh, this kid's way better than we thought because right. I. I I all American and freestyle too. So like, all right, it's not just a Greco thing. Um, mm -hmm. He's just a, you know, a good wrestler. And like, you know, um, even like Steve was coaching me in freestyle that, that summer he's like, I, you know, when I did that, when I won Greco and then I all American and freestyle, he told me like, I didn't even know you were this good. And uh, that's kind of what broke my heart all these years. Just like, I, I, I did like have these like, huge huge goals in in the yeah. face of not like as much success as you would um expect from like what i'm doing now but like i had these goals yeah. since i was a kid yeah it's and, awesome um, it's awesome 
so, really is awesome. Yeah, yeah it was pretty much uh, yeah, it was a different experience. And um, when I first was going to Elmhurst, you know, obviously I love Steve, but I was a little bummed out because like most high school kids, you just think like, you know, D1 or bust, like this is all yeah. there is. And I didn't even yeah. know what D3 was like. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm really happy I did go D3 because I don't think that I would have developed into who I am now. Um, I think that I, if I would have walked onto a D1 team, there's a good chance that I would have never started or you know, or I would have had a lot of like rough times in the starting and maybe I wouldn't have even realized yeah. how good I could be, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, that's great. And, um, you know, like you said, it molds you to the rest of you are today. And, um, you know, Anthony's going to try to get into your college career a little bit, but, you know, that's great. That's a great, you know, that's a great what you just said about D3 is a great option for a lot of kids out there. And, if they, you know, if they don't see it as a D1 or bus, you know, I mean, even D2, there's JUCO options, NAI, you know, there's plenty of choices out there. You can find the right fit for, for yourself. So don't yeah, absolutely. If you love wrestling, just keep wrestling. Like if, you know, go to whatever opportunity you have. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just, you know, I had huge goals. Obviously, like there, it's uh, people are seeing now with what's happening with my career that like oh yeah you know but when people don't care about what your goals are they care about what you're achieving you know like when you have big goals and you're not even close to them then people kind of just think like oh this kid is just all talk or whatever but uh you know it's really what I thought I was capable of and uh, it just took a long time for me to finally start doing them but uh that's why I wanted to go D1 and maybe it's like a lot of the elite wrestlers I was training with from a young age, like they all were kind of like, they were, all my friends were going D1, you know? And yeah. it's like, you know, not all my friends, but you know what I mean? Like not at my high school, but all the guys that wrestled Greco and freestyle with, they're going to big schools and stuff like that. And people are placing in state and people are winning state and I'm not. And it's kind of like, you know, I got into the, the mistake of comparing myself to other people at a young age and being like, look how hard I work. Look what all the stuff I'm doing. Why are these guys doing better than me? And, you know, I learned the hard way after many years that like, that doesn't help you if you're comparing yourself, you know, with right. what it takes you to build the house might, you know, it might take someone else a lot less time, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you right. Yeah. For sure. You know? And, uh, and uh, yeah. So for me, D3, it, I can confidently say that it, it, propelled me because I was starting right away I I wrestled every second and I had not only that I had like a lot of attention from coaches I they they worked with me every day and if I would have walked on a D1 team yeah um that wouldn't have been the case I I wouldn't yeah. I would have had a struggle starting early off maybe you know it, it's momentum is a powerful thing when you go d1 or when you go d3 and you're starting right away and you're winning mm-hmm. and then you win some big matches as a freshman and then you realize like hey i could i can find a way to be one of the best guys at this level and then you start having more and more success it's um like my d3 career was literally uh it was like taking steps, you know, I, yeah, I almost sure. qualified for nationals. Then I took seventh at nationals and I took third and then I took first. It was literally like, it was yeah. a step, 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 but I wouldn't have, I don't think it would have been that steady at D one. Like from the starting, it would have been probably really hard to start. Um, who knows, you know, yeah. and I had, I had coaches focused on me like, um, yeah. and, uh, and I don't think that if you're not the if you're not the starter um, in the D1 program, you really got to work your butt off and really have um, some sort of understanding, some sort of mind to find a way to become the starter and still, you know, you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Who knows what ifs? But I'm just saying that I think that the way my D3 career went. Um, I got better and better every day and every year. And uh, For sure. I wasn't starting at I, – I wasn't starting at what other guys were starting at, you know. Like, I needed yeah. that time to have a lot of hands-on work and, and to get better every year. No, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so, Joe, kind of talking uh, a little more about your college career, obviously you kind of dove into how you kind of went up the ladder every single season. But I, I think a big uh, – 
you, you really closed the gap from your freshman to sophomore year. Obviously, you changed weight classes from 197 to 184, but um, your win-loss your win record moving forward your last three years of your career was impressive. And I was just curious, what, what was the biggest transition? Was changing weights the biggest thing, or just mentally you just felt like you were in a better place moving forward? Well, the way I look at it was, like, as a kid – I had the work ethic thing down, right? Like I had the like the lifestyle down. I was working hard. I was doing everything right. But and this is all like looking back at it. Like I didn't know this at the time, but I don't think I I believed in myself enough. I don't think I, I worked on like my mind enough. I think I was very tough, but I don't think I worked on my mind enough. And then the reason why I went Fargo after high school is because I finally let go of trying to control things that I can't control. I literally showed up to Fargo. I was super fat. I was like, whatever, let's go. I'm not looking at the brackets, um, you know, and I won. And it was like, in, in, I was like, holy crap. Like, maybe this was all it was. And I knew that I was stronger than guys. Uh, I knew I worked harder than guys. And that's, that's part of my reason why my success came slow I think I was really frustrated with it and you know like you see a lot of those guys it's like why are they why can't they they get it done but I think I was kind of in the shadows I don't think anybody really realized how hard I was working and I think that actually made it harder for me as a high schooler that like my coaches saw me so super upset whenever I was um you know not not winning at the level that I wanted to win and uh, but they didn't see that you know I was doing everything I could you know, I was going to camps. I was, I belonged to multiple off-season clubs, you know. I would, I go to all these practices all summer long. Like, there was never, I was putting in full, you know, you know, I was going to folk-style tournaments in the off-season and freestyle and Greco and anything I can do. I was getting into every room, um, you know, whether I belonged or not. And I was just putting in so much extra time. So, I had the lifestyle part down. But in my head, I was still trying to control things, and I was comparing myself to other people. And I went to Fargo that year. I was I was actually ready to give up on wrestling, um, and I think that's where I went. And it was a mind shift change. I kind of was just like, um, I'm just gonna be present, you know, kind of thing. And uh, you know, and mentally, it was the first tournament where I just was not stressing about who I was gonna wrestle and um what their name was where they were going and where i was in the bracket and uh, you know i obsessed over that as a high schooler and i think that uh, i didn't know how much it was affecting my wrestling but i always thought you know i had the the mentality that oh, i can lift more or i can run more or i can wrestle more or i'm gonna work more technique i'll get better and then finally realized it was all in my head um just from that tournament and that wasn't on purpose that was on accident that was because i kind of hit rock bottom you know, um, I was obsessed with winning a state title and then going on to a D1 school. And then, uh, you know, you, you work hard and you paint a, uh, a picture-perfect um, plan in your head. Like, I'm going to win state, I'm going to go D1, I'm going to be a national champion, then I'm going to go on to the Olympics, I'm going to win the Olympics. And then life doesn't care about your plans, you know. And you just think, I just got to work harder, I just got to work harder. And then it's not always work harder. It's like sometimes you don't realize you have these things in your mind um, that uh, – you most people can't change but uh it you know i changed in my mind on accident because i i finally gave up um and it was the first summer of my life where i didn't wasn't in wrestling rooms i literally like my brother came home from iraq and uh he retired from the army and uh we just kind of hung out and i was super fat and then he got me lifting again and then uh you know and then i just decided to show up to freestyle state I won freestyle state for the first time in my life and I wasn't training. I was just a fat kid. And I was like, what the hell? You know? And then I went to Greco state. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't That's even so win Greco state. I took second, but I qualified for Fargo and I'm just like, okay. But then I go on the nationals and you know, I win, you know, I, I won like 20 matches or something. And I, you know, I, I won Greco and then I all American freestyle because I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to go. You know, I'm just going to like I was I spent all summer being depressed or pretty much all spring through summer being depressed. And then I finally was just like and uh, I think that that's always paid dividends for me is just like when I I'm just going to show up one more time, you know, and then a lot of times that's a daily thing when you're getting your butt kicked. But then like that kind of happened to me that summer, like kind of gave up and 
I told Marinetti I was going to go to Elmhurst, but at the time I uh, was pretty depressed and I kind of was like, maybe I'll join the army. Um, maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do that. Like, you know, I was thinking about all kinds of crazy things at the uh, time. So I like pawn everything I have and I'm just like, I'm going to Boise. <laughs> I drop out of college and I know I got my dad calling me from a satellite phone because he's in Afghanistan. He's like, what the hell are you doing? Cause you know, like, nobody's got a degree in my household. So I'm like, I'm going to be the one to get the degree. Like, what are you doing? Like, and then I thought about joining the army and so last second. So then I finally like Marinetti and my dad get me to, you know, get back into college. And then I have a pretty, like, I have a good season my freshman year. Like I take third at the regionals, but back then, you know, it was top two and then bids and mm-hmm. uh, I didn't get a bid. But uh, I think halfway through that season, um, you know, I, I had a lot of new confidence from winning um, Greco and winning freestyle, but, you know, and, and I came in pretty confident, but, you know, D3, um, a lot of people um, still underestimate, you know, I'm thinking like I won Fargo, I did, you know, good in freestyle, like I think I'm going to do pretty good. And then I did a lot of like, I was kind of 500 for most of the season. And then I had a big turning point, I think at national duels and uh, I won a really big match, but then I also got destroyed in a big match too, but it was winning that big match. It was against Concordia Moorhead. It was against a really good guy and it won us a duel. I kind of realized that like, Hey, I can be, I can be a good, you know, I can really be, who I want to be, you know, and uh, I, I kind of stepped up as a captain right away because we had some really good seniors that just weren't vocal guys. And I mean, you could already tell from this podcast that I talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it's uh, good. But uh, yeah, I, I stepped up as leader and then, you know, wanting to step up as leader and finally having that opportunity because I never got that in high school. And uh, I do think I was the hardest worker on my high school team, but, you know, I don't think that I think I was very misunderstood. Um, mm-hmm. and a lot of that was my fault and uh, some of it was my coach's fault, but, um, you know, being coachable is, a is, uh, is the skill. And I think that it's a two way street also, you know, I don't think, I think that I have a problem with authority and I have a problem with following, uh, instructions, you know, but, but, uh, so a lot of it was being an angsty kid and then, you know, whatever, but I, I got the opportunity to be a leader, like, and, and the leader that I always felt like I was, you know, I'm, I come from a family of great leaders. And uh, I just, I think it's in my bones, you know? And so then I kind of like took more responsibility. And um, so long answer, but Fargo, I finally didn't care. And then, you know, my whole career, I cared too much. So then, Mm -hmm. you know, I come back and now I kind of, I'm doing this caring too much kind of thing. And like, I'm just going to work harder, work harder. And then in that summer, I kind of, and over the course of that freshman season, I'm like, all right, let's mix them up like let's master my mind let's not try and control things that i can't control like only focus on the things i can control and uh let's work on some sports psych and i'm gonna bring back all that work ethic stuff you know <laughs> that i've been doing yeah. all those years so that i just worked my ass off um that summer was pretty crazy like i put in monster summers every year and that's why i made such big jumps like i I, uh, you know, there's this quote from John Smith that he lost track of time. Like those were how my summers were in Elmhurst. And like, I just was wrestling every single day, every day I was wrestling. And uh, then, you know, I'd find somebody on my team. I'd find somebody, you know, nearby um, from another team or some random guy that lives in Chicago, you know, and uh, I was given a lot of freedom You know, I had access to mats and uh, I had, control over what I did that's another thing in d3 that's great is that like you have a lot more like in d1 everything's mandatory like even when they tell you to do extra stuff it's mandatory so it's not extra stuff it's just another thing you have to do and mentally d1 was great for me especially Steve because he's so laid back and he gave me control of my own career and he trusted that I wanted and I think he saw in my eyes how good I wanted to be and uh, for the first time in my life, it felt like somebody kind of understood me and they're like, all right, man, then do it. And uh, yeah. I'm going to help you along the way. And, uh, and, and he did. And him being laid back and him being trusting and it was kind of, it was, it was just fueling my fire and making me get better and better and better. And 
and that summer in between that year I, I like realized like I I want to be the best guy in in D3 and more you know and more I want to beat D1 guys and I want to beat international guys and like and I kind of just made the decision you know to do that and I was like I can be as good as I want to be and I think D3 is kind of a label that you know even subconsciously might get in your head to where like oh I work hard but you know I'm just a D3 guy and I think I sell themselves short and I was like no man I'm just gonna get as good as I can and uh I still look back and think I could have got even better if I knew then what I know now but uh yeah. I know I know now what I know because of the process and mistakes I made back then and it was just I look back at those years and those might have been the best years of my you know of my wrestling and mm -hmm. I'm not saying like success wise I'm saying with like enjoyment like every day I just got up and it was just like um, and my world was just wrestling and it was all I needed and I was so in love with it and I worked so hard every day you know wrestling lifting running eating as good as I could you know reading sports psychology books and bothering Marinetti, you know, coming to his office and just talking to him and, and prodding him, um, asking questions, trying to, you know, get wise like him. And uh, every day was like that. And, uh, you know, our team got better with me. And that's something that was super special to me because I stepped up as a leader and habits are contagious. And we had a really good freshman class when I was a freshman. And we kind of mm -hmm. all like went through Elmhurst together and we all kind of were um, a lot more ambitious than I think previous Elmhurst teams. Like I think we had really good individuals in the past, but as a team, we wanted to do, do more. And um, um, it was just an extremely special time for me, but I was just doing so much that I, I was just bound to get better. And uh, while I was working on my mind at the same time, I think I was training, I think I was training harder than most D1 guys train. I really do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I was just bound to get better as long as I believed in myself. Because if I don't believe in myself, all that hard work doesn't mean nothing. But, uh, you know. Yeah, so yeah, for sure. The believing in myself started coming. And Marinetti would tell me things, you know, like, you know, when you're moving your hands and your feet, you could beat anybody. And just little things like that. And I actually believe, like, yeah, I can beat anybody. And just having a coach tell me, like, you can beat anybody. I mean, he's talking about anybody. And then I actually started believing that. And I started, like, telling myself these things. And then – I worked harder than I ever worked, but then I was believing in myself. So um, it just was so powerful. Yeah, man, that's that's really impressive. That's definitely an awesome story. I mean, and like like Anthony said earlier, like you were talking about. I mean, you can see like the jumps you made from summer to summer. I mean, seventh to third to first. You know, I mean, that's just incredible. I mean, I remember the year you won it. I mean, that Elmhurst team was very good that was a very solid team. I mean, and then for yourself too, I mean, finally getting it done, like winning a national title. I mean, I'm sure that meant the world to you. Yeah, it was, it was crazy because um, I, I had a lot of pressure on myself. I was so nervous, but I really did enjoy it too. You know, I think with some of these big matches and tournaments, you, you get so nervous, it's hard to enjoy. It's just kind of like relief at the end of them. And uh, yeah. it definitely was like that because I was really scared that um i was gonna be known as like this uh as this wrestler that's that's doing above and beyond you know what a lot of d3 guys do and then i wasn't gonna win nationals you know because i was right. going into i was going into my senior year and people knew that i was doing a lot of greco and a lot of freestyle even when i was at elmhurst and i was kind of training at the olympic training center i was like reaching for more um reaching for as much as i could possibly reach for and um and uh, I was scared that I wasn't going to win nationals, you know, even with the great season I had and the great team I had. So, like, it was a monkey off my back. I think that I should have won it my uh, junior year. But, like I said, you you know, you make mistakes and you learn from them. And, uh, it, I, you know, I made some mistakes my junior year when I took third. But it was – it's something I'm really proud of taking third, you know, because I easily could have um, done worse after losing in the quarters. And uh, I think that – yeah, having that team my senior year was just extremely special. And I still think we could have found a way to win win nationals, you know, like as a team, but it just didn't happen, you know. I think that guys didn't see what I saw 
maybe as a team until it was already over. They're like, crap, we took second. We were so close, you know, and we only brought five guys and all of us wrestled so well at nationals, but you know, Ryan early hurt his knee. He beat the national champ Sheely, you know, at regionals. And then he took fourth at nationals still wrestled a great tournament, but I think that guy could have been a national champ. I think Dalton Bullard, you know, he took third the year before. I think he could have been a national champ. So I think a couple of things went our ways. You know, Ryan Prater, who ended up winning nationals for us the next year, he was going to join our team a year earlier. Um, and then we kind of had a couple guys, um, you know, our heavyweight Jack Lewis and Danny Balderas and, uh, you know, Yusuf Al Gould that were really close to qualifying. You know, we had a super hard regional that year. So yeah. I think that if we had a couple of things go our way, um, we could have won nationals even, but maybe we needed one more year or yeah. or maybe we just needed a couple more guys realize how good we actually were. But that wasn't yeah. our first trophy, and it's our only trophy. You know, it's our first time um, getting, you know, placing that high as a team. So, mm-hmm. And then, you know, we, we had such a powerful senior class that, um, you know, everybody kind of cleared out after that or like yeah. a lot of guys cleared out. So then I think if we would have realized how good we were, we could have won. And I think yeah. we, did. we were kind of realizing how good we were, but then it was just like, uh, you know, taking second is amazing. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. I think, accomplishment. Yeah. I think that if just looking back, if we would have known like that, that was our moment. And if we would have got a couple more guys, and we had a couple things, uh, more things go our way. I think that we would have won nationals that year. And it is kind of like, man, Augsburg or Warburg every year, you know. Yeah. And, it, and it was just like, man, I wanted it so bad. But I think, yeah. that, um, I think that we were very happy for what we did do. But um, I, I just, uh, I love that team. And uh, those, those years were like the best years like my most enjoyable years in wrestling. And I just, yeah. I got so much out of myself that like, I was thinking about this recently, like with senior level wrestling, I travel so much. My world's gotten so big. I know so many different wrestlers. I train with so many high level wrestlers that like my world has gotten so much bigger that like, I miss my world being kind of small. Like yeah. in my mind, once you open Pandora's box and you open your mind and you realize like um, all these different things, like, like one thing that I, kind of am obsessed with now because of senior level wrestling is traveling and you know when I was at Elmer's I didn't care about traveling like the only time I traveled was to wrestle you know and like Uh I've always been like wanting to be an explorer but I was like I can do that later in my life but now like and you know and and now I'm serious about a lot of different things but I'm almost 32 so that's a thing that's another factor but you know I miss in Elmhurst it was so single-minded there's a time in my life where like um I wouldn't even, I didn't even know what was going on in the world. Um, I didn't even, I didn't even know what was going on in my own life. All I knew was that I was on the mat and that's all mm-hmm. I cared about. <laughs> you know? so. yeah. yeah. You had some uh, serious tunnel vision, which uh, a lot of elite wrestlers get, which is great. Yeah, um, that's awesome. And uh, now just kind of uh, moving forward now, transitioning now to what you were touching on your senior level career, it kind of seems like, you know, you won that national title and you kind of just continue to, to grow. And um, you've had a lot of success at the Greco-Roman uh, uh, senior level circuit, especially on the Team USA ladder. So just talk about the experience of uh, representing the USA and, you know, being a world team member um, and how, what that experience has been like. Yeah, I mean, it's been an amazing experience, but it's still just uh, like, you know, I'm a little bit more used to it now but still I had my moments, but it was just like, like me, like I'm on team USA. Are you sure? Like, I'm, I'm just yeah. sure I grab as yeah. many uh, shirts as I can. Like you, you guys aren't going <laughs> to take these back. You know, hide them under my bed. Like these free, these shoes are for me. Okay. All right. <laughs> looking over my shoulder, you know, like, and then uh, it is like kind of surreal. And especially when I first started training, at the Olympic training center and stuff. And uh, I remember I got paperwork and this is when I was still in D three, you know, I, I just begged my way into that room and Marinetti helped me and Grunewald helped me at Wheaton. And like, we wrote some emails and I basically had a beg to get in the Olympic training center. And uh, you know, if I wouldn't have been insane, I wouldn't have been wrestling Greco at this level, you know, as a D three guy, you know, I had a 
you know, national title my name, but nobody was knocking on my door still. Um, yeah. You know, I talked to somebody about uh, training out in Boise, and I almost left Elmer's for that. But after that, after I didn't go through with that, nobody asked me again. Like, I even – I was actively wrestling Greco. And I was training with a lot of high schoolers because, like, in the Chicagoland area, you know, because where else am I going to wrestle Greco? Like, I didn't have any opportunities. So I was begging my way in the Olympic training center. They finally let me come for a training camp. I had to pay for the whole thing myself, you know. I had to pay for my plane ticket. Um, I had to pay for my room and board. You know, I was just happy as hell to be there. You know, they didn't even pick me up from the airport. I had a, I, I wasted all my money on room and board and flight that I, I walked from the airport all the way to Olympic Training Center. It's like 10 miles, and uh, it was like 90 degrees out, and uh, I'm just rolling a rolling a giant suitcase and a couple bags, and, and my wheels split on my suitcase. Like, that's how bad I wanted to wrestle Greco. Like, <laughs> if I was any less crazy, I wouldn't be wrestling Greco right now. And I was just some B3 guy, you know? And um, uh, they let me come, and nobody talked to me, really. Like, you know, I was just like – you know, begging guys to help me. And if I wasn't such a, like, a, you know, if I wasn't the person who I am, um, and I, I still think that that's worn off a little bit because the more you're given and the more you're, you're, you know, things are mandatory and you're, you know, now my life's different. You know, I got to a certain level where people are asking me to come to things. Like back then I was like, you know, I know you're home. I'm like knocking on the door, like, and all the kids are watching TV and they're having a sleepover. Nobody invited me. And I'm like, can I come in? And they're like, no, nobody's on. And I, I, like, <laughs> I had a bag to get in there. And uh, I got in there. And, uh, you know, um, me being that person is the reason why I'm here. Um, but I got my foot in the door there. And still, like, you know, I was very forgettable to them um, to the point where I kept doing that and doing that. And uh, when I finally got, like, it, it's because I went to those things and I think I was doing stuff that D3 guys weren't going to, weren't willing to do, you know, because they weren't willing to go to, you know, senior level tournaments and get their butt kicked because they're like, you know, I'm a, uh, these are D1 guys. These are international guys. Like, why would I go? Like, you know, I talked to my teammates to go to like sun kiss with me. I talked to one of my teammates, but for most people, they don't realize like, Hey, yeah, I got my ass kicked at, at those international tournaments as a, as a Greco guy and a freestyle guy sometimes, you know, just being D3, but like there were moral victories along the way that led to who I am now. You know, I scored a point on a really good guy. That was like a moral victory. Like I was mad I didn't win, but at the same time, I'm like, I can score on this level. And then a couple of years from then, it's like, I can win on this level. And then a couple of years after that, it's like, I can be the best at this level. And that's, you know, that's the way it works. But if I would have accepted that I'm D3 and, you know, I would have went to one international tournament and got my butt kicked, if I would have accepted it all, um, you know, if I would have accepted that, you know, some guys get to go to the, the Olympic training center for free and I have to pay and I have to go, uh, you know, I wouldn't have built to where, like, it's funny because I had been doing Greco on the senior level for years at D3. My senior year, I took fourth in the Open and all of a sudden – all the guys at the Olympic training center were talking to me and they didn't even know who I am. And it's funny because that's how forgettable I was. I was begging my way there and I was working out at the Olympic training center in summers. And, uh, they just thought I was a brand new guy. They're like, Oh, who's this kid who's good at Greco. And, uh, they didn't know that for years, like there was the whole iceberg thing. They just saw that I took fourth at the open and I'm a college guy. And it's like, well, the iceberg was that I've been, I've been begging you guys to look my way for the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, like I fought for those little opportunities and uh, it kind of paved the way to the senior level career I had after Elmhurst. Um, but I think if I, I put the brakes on even a little bit and if I would have like um, accepted my place even a little bit, um, I wouldn't have had a senior level career at all, really. You know, but uh, I knew I wanted to do it. I knew I, it would get me better and, uh, you know, at all wrestling. And, uh, yeah, it's just – it's crazy to be on Team USA. And um, I'm finally settling into, like, I belong here. Uh, it's funny. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, uh, I want to do more, man. And so yeah. now, you know, I'm 29. I've been on some U.S. teams. I haven't gotten a medal, but I've won a lot of international medals. But I'm at the point where my wrestling's becoming, you know, I'm, I think I'm becoming my best wrestler, but I'm 
inheriting my worst body, you know, <laughs> injuries yeah. and things like that. So I just need a small window of being healthy enough um, to where I can just, I can do it, man. I think that yeah. I can. And uh, I, I, I look for inspiration through other stories, you know, and like, yeah, I'm 29. I kind of get in my head. I've racked up a lot of injuries. I'm almost 30, but you know, there was, there was a guy who, who took an Olympic bronze at 37. Do I want to wait that long? No. Hopefully I can do yeah. it next year. I can become an Olympic champion. But, but also, you know, I, I, um, I use a lot of stories from people like that. Um, but also I know that like my story is its own and, uh, you never know what's going to happen. There's another story of a guy who made his first team and it was the Olympics and he took a medal, um, Adam Wheeler. Um, so, you know, I'm just hoping next year I get that, that, that one beam of light of where like I'm healthy, I feel good and it's on. And, uh, you know, I've had those, but senior level career has been really hard. Um, like I told you, Elmhurst was different and my world was small. There's a lot more to worry about now. And, uh, also it's kind of my job now. So it's a little bit more complicated. Like I'm getting paid. I'm not getting paid. I'm getting sent things. I'm not getting sent things. And, and through right. it all, I got to always hold true to what's best for my wrestling, you know, cause some guys do get distracted. Like, Oh, this is better for my wallet or I can do a lot of clinics and that'd be good for my wallet. Or like I can go to this other RTC that's not as good for my wrestling, but it's going to pay me a lot more. And I've always tried to just stay true to what's the best for my wrestling. And, um, and I hope it, you know, it pays off and I, and I go to the Olympics and I get that medal, but either way, um, you know, life's a lot harder now. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But uh, so it's, it gets more complicated and it's just been very, very up and down. Elmhurst was like, I was taking steps and it was gradual and I got better and better every year. Um, Greco has felt like, Oh, I know I can be the best guy in the world. And then, mm -hmm. and then getting to a point and having a really good season and then getting knocked off. Like, Oh, I didn't, I like got upset and I didn't make the team. Like, what the heck? Like I was ranked six one year in the world and then I didn't make the U S team. And then it's like, yeah. I make the U S team. And I, and and I Greco has been, you know, I get to a certain point and then I tear my knee and then I get to a certain point and then I tear my knee and then I break my jaw. And then, you know, other things are happening in my life and it's just kind of been very up and down. Um, mm -hmm. But, but through it all, you know, you learn a lot and I hope that it's not all lessons. I hope that I have my day, but I've already had a lot of great days in this sport. So if it ended today, um, of course I would be upset that I didn't reach my goal, but at the same time I can like kind of look back fondly at like the effort, you know, <laughs> and uh, look back fondly and appreciate the things I did um, achieve. And that's something I learned from your night too, is, you know, he won, he won D1 Nationals and upset one of the biggest wrestlers, you know, Lincoln McElravey. And then he went on to make a freestyle world team, and he beat a bunch of guys that went on to do a lot more things. He tore his knee. He retired. Um, he said that he was around all these guys that were Olympic champs, world champs, NCAA champs, you know, a million times over. And what, was, what were they saying? They were upset about the times they didn't win. They were upset about, you know, oh, this year I should have been an Olympic champ. This year I should have won Worlds. I should have won four NCAA titles, not three. And it's just like, um, I do think you could have, like, a champion's disease. And I felt it sometimes, and I kind of – now I do a better job of fighting against it. But it's just like, hey, man, like, uh, pre appreciate what you have done, you know. And, uh, yeah. and uh, hopefully it will help me, uh, you know, who I was as an athlete, as a young athlete, like you guys brought up, like um, – you know, I, I dreamed of being at this height, but um, did I actually believe I'd make it here? Like, I don't know, man. I really don't know. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah. It'd probably be the, the old me would be freaking out if you knew what was going to happen for me like later on in life. Um, and I'm just glad I held on and to the sport and kept trying because there was so many crossroads where I was like, nobody would have, um, you know, would have told me no either. Like, it was just myself, my own head. If, if I would have stopped wrestling at any point in my career, people would have just been like, eh, all right. You know, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, I didn't. Um, and, uh, and, uh, I'm, I'm just trying to appreciate everything that's happened for me. And, uh, hopefully I have my day and, uh, I think I will. Yeah, no, uh, it's definitely, 
I definitely believe it too, uh, you know, that your day is, is still on the horizon as you continue to grow. And, um, you know, kind of wrapping up here, you know, uh, obviously with all this COVID situation, there's still a lot of uncertainty, but you did, you were able to qualify the weight for, for the United States uh, moving forward for the Olympic year. So just talk about what you have to do to put yourself in the best position to now make the Olympic team, um, win the Olympic trials, which you did in 2016 and, uh, you know, put yourself in the best uh, position for Tokyo. Yeah, man, it, it's, it's funny because last Olympics, I didn't get the weight qualified, but I won Olympic trials. So this year I, I qualified the weight, but I didn't get to wrestle in Olympic trials. So, um, and now we're, we're having the, the opposite. But the good thing is I still, you know, I, I still have my, my chance and I, I'm in the best you know, I got to keep reminding myself I'm in the best possible spot I can be in. The way it's qualified and I'm in the finals of Olympic trials. You know, it, it's a little scary. There's a lot of uncertainty. You know, I get worried about a lot of things. But at the end of the day, I'm in the best possible spot to get there. Um, for me, I just got to be ready for when that day finally comes. Um, you know, my mind is open to, you know, maybe Olympic trials gets pushed back even further. Maybe the Olympics gets canceled altogether. Like we still don't know how everything in the world is going to unfold. But right. in my mind, I just got to be prepared for if I get to wrestle and, and when it comes around. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a rating. The D3 Nation podcast is on seven platforms, so make sure you're tuning in. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at D3 Nation Podcast and on our anchor page, anchor.fm slash coachbonx2. We look forward to continuing to grow Division Three wrestling.